Hey everyone, I just want to remind you to make sure you check out the awesome people over at Anchor.fm. Of course, it is a great place for you to host your own podcast. And guess what? One of the cool parts is that it's totally free. Yeah, that's right, free. There's even creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your computer or even your phone. And Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many others. Trust me, it's so easy. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you guys want to get in on it, make sure you download the free Anchor app or just simply go to anchor.fm to get started. If you guys want to get the latest merch over at the official OK Fave store, head over to represent.com slash store slash OK Fave and pick up some of the cool neat designs that help support the show, including the Random Wrestling Podcast shirt, the OKA, and of course the OK Fave Guy and OK Fave Girl shirts, which are brand new to the store. Head over to the OK Fave official merchandise store, represent.com slash store slash OK Fave. Link is in the description. to the OK Fame Show, the premier place for all your professional wrestling news and needs. Now, here's Connor, a.k.a. OK Fame. What is up, everybody? It's yours, Julie Connor, a.k.a. OK Fame here, and welcome, guys, to your full gear review here on this bonus episode of the OK Fame Show. I can't believe we just witnessed all of that, all that craziness, all that insanity, all that bloody gory action. John Moxley and Kenny Omega just tore it up in the unsanctioned lights out match that went a ridiculously long amount of time. Cody ultimately falls short and MJF finally turns heel on Cody tonight. Well, I don't want to say costing the title, but yeah, pretty much costing the title. We have a lot to talk about, a lot to divulge in, a lot to discuss, and I am still sick as a dog. So I apologize if you hear a lot of coughing, wheezing, possibly throwing up. We have a lot to talk about here on Full Gear. We have a lot to talk about with... Um, this crazy night of wrestling, and of course, I will be addressing some other things going on that you guys might have seen me tweet about a little earlier on. Thank you so much for joining into the show. Uh, we will be trying to take phone calls a little later on, hear your thoughts on all this. A lot of mixed reaction to the John Moxley-Kenny Omega match that we just saw close out the show, uh, but there's still a lot of great action that took place tonight. Can't wait to talk about it with you guys. Hit me up in the chat. Let me know your thoughts about all this. Of course, make sure you hit me up on Twitter at OKFA. was live tweeting during most of the show this evening. Of course, Facebook, Instagram, all that fun stuff check out our merch store and of course check out the patreon page for some cool bonus goodies make sure you guys go check that out um and of course yours truly is also in the nomination for some rewards for the wrestling podcast awards if you guys haven't had a chance to vote go vote i will retweet the link it is pinned to my twitter and hopefully we can win at least maybe pity wrestling commentator of the year i don't know maybe something along those lines <laughs> anyway thank you guys again for tuning in we got a lot of you guys still funneling in here a, a crazy night of wrestling and one that has really split the um split the audience as far as the the ending and I know I'm going to kind of jump all over the place here because uh it is now 11:45 p.m. It, the the show went almost 4 hours which I don't want to say it felt like it went 4 hours. I don't think it did go 4 hours, but uh it was definitely it was definitely something. It was definitely a a, a long show, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing, but man, they just they went all out on a couple of things and uh there there's there's 
the biggest thing I found interesting was the, div the, like, the diverse split amongst the people around the Kenny Omega-John Moxley match. And we might as well talk about the last match first because it's one that just... It just blows my mind because of how much they really threw everything in the kitchen sink here. They did everything that you you would expect in a CZW or like ECW match. And I'm going to say that there are definitely pros and cons to the way they kind of did this about uh, with Moxley and Omega. Was it kind of cool to see some of the things they were pull off? Absolutely. I'm not going to sit here and say I did not pop or my mouth didn't you know, gasp open to see some of the things they were able to do where they tried to do and just, uh, you know, like the broken glass stuff was just crazy. But it just got to a point of like, they just keep going. and go It's like, the, it's like the freaking Energizer Bunny. They just kept going and going and going. And I guess the biggest problem that I have with the match itself is the fact that I felt like there really wasn't a whole lot of hype going into it. Yes, there was the whole thing with with um, with uh, Moxley getting his staff infection back in his elbow, and he was supposed to fight Omega, and then he didn't. And but I feel like the rivalry, th this this match should have ended a rivalry. This should not be the first match these two guys have against each other. You know what I mean? This this feels like this should be a battle of of two men just beating the ever living hell out of each other because they hate each other so much. And I just felt like it didn't – I'm on the fence about it, to be completely honest with you. I'm, I'm kind of like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to going all over the place a little bit here. I'm not following my notes, but I'm, I'm really on the fence about this match. On one hand, was it cool to see some of those things? Yes, it was. But on the other hand, it, 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 I think it just got a little too over. Like I legitimately thought they were going to be done utilizing the weapons in certain um, – at certain points of the match. I thought like when they were doing the barbed wire bed towards the, you know, the entryway, I thought they were done. I thought when they tore up the ring, they were going to be done. I thought when they brought in the freaking broken glass, they were going to be done. They just kept adding and adding almost unnecessarily in my opinion. Uh, and again, if, if this was a match where these guys had like a year long rivalry and they had, you know, wrestling clinic after wrestling clinic, that was the other thing I saw a lot of people say on social media. I saw a lot of people on social media say that, you know, the reason they were mad about this is because they know that Mox, uh, Moxley and Omega can give them a much better match without this stuff. And I guarantee that they can. Guarantee they can. Omega's been doing six-star matches in Japan for months now, years. We know these two guys can put on a hell of a wrestling clinic. But it's just... Ah, I don't know. But I'm going to keep on going in that one just a second. I'm going to give some love to the chat real quick as I see a lot of you guys still pouring in. If you guys do want to donate to the stream, Super Chat and Streamlabs links are both enabled. If you guys want to donate to do so, link is in the description. We got our good friends, John uh, Jurgen. We got uh, Sean Vikes fan, Sean Gordon. We, of course, got uh, Kimel Puraz. I hope I'm saying that name right. We got John uh, J. Kicks. We got Michael Mugner. And, of course, we got Vintage Dream. What's going on, Vintage? We got Heel Steven. Very outlaw, outlaw mud show match. I can't wait for uh, my uncle Jim Cornette to roast the match. I'm sure he is going to definitely uh, slander this match. Absolutely. Uh, one thing before we get into the rest of this full gear review, and I'm sorry I'm kind of all over the place. Maybe it's because I'm sick. Maybe it's because uh, I haven't done a video in or a, an episode of the OK Fabe show in a couple days. I missed the NXT AEW review. I missed the SmackDown review. I've been battling this cold. and just everything seems to be falling to crap. Some of you might have seen that I tweeted out the fact that there is a possibility that my channel 
uh, my YouTube channel could be either demonetized or deleted. Now, the reason I brought that up is because I was in a panic state. I had just gotten out of work and I noticed that there was a new change to the YouTube terms of service that don't go into effect until next month. And basically, uh, to boil it down, is that there are... Um, there are new guidelines in place for YouTube, which basically say that if uh, if the ch if if Google, who owns YouTube, believes that a channel is not monetizable, monetizable or monetize worthy, then it could be demonetized. And the other part of it is that if there's any sort of flagging for false, uh, you know, fakeness or like a miss or like clickbait, I guess you could say, um, then the channel could get shut down. And I have been shut down twice. This is the third incarnation of my channel, in case you guys are curious. If you guys have followed my history throughout my YouTube stint here, this is the third version of my channel in the almost 10 years that I have been doing this. Uh, even though the YouTube channel, this incarnation, has only been around for a few years, I've been doing YouTube for on and off for about 10. So to have oh, all this work I have put in there, possibly put on the line, not knowing if it's gonna make it to the end of the year, after all the time, effort, and energy I put into it is extremely frustrating. And so that is why I sent that tweet out. Now, again, I could be mistaken on this. I am not 100%. I'm still looking into it. I have a friend of mine who is looking more diligently into this uh, because I don't know what that's going to happen. I don't know what the future is going to hold. We will see. Uh, we might have to make some changes on here. Hopefully nothing too drastic. But I'm not going anywhere. Hopefully you guys aren't going anywhere either. But I just want to get that out there right now. I do not know for a fact if this is going to change anything. I don't know for a fact if it's going to mean that the channel is going to get shut down completely. All I know is that there's a new channel, uh, there's a new terms of service for YouTube, and from just my initial reading, I nearly had an anxiety attack because it just meant I was worried about this happening again. But we'll see how that plays out. I just want to get that out there right off the bat. But now... Let's talk about some full gear a little bit more. I want to hear you guys' thoughts about the show. I want to hear your thoughts about the matches. I want to hear your thoughts about everything. So please let me know your thoughts in the chat. Let me know your thoughts on social media, on the Twitters, the Facebook, the Instagrams. Back to the the, the Kenny Omega, John Moxley match. So it, it's it's really just... It's really for me the fact that there was just really no build, build into this. Uh, granted, I understand that they had a history. I granted, I understand that they had a little bit of things going on. They had some, you know, it's not like there was no story whatsoever. The idea that Moxley was pissed this match does not count towards his win loss record beforehand really confused the hell out of me because unless he, uh, unless there was an episode of AEW that I might have missed or a clip or or an interview or something where he said. I, I'm, you know, once I'm done with Omega, I'm coming out for the championship. I didn't get that vibe from him, like the, the title meant anything. From what I got, Moxie came in. He's like, oh, Kenny Omega's the big shot in town, huh? I'm going to go after him, which makes the most sense. The whole unsanctioned match, I think, just went way too far. I mean, good God, it went almost a full hour. You know, we had Cody and Jericho, which I'll get to in a minute, which that was, um, that was a hell of a matchup. That was a very good matchup. And I, I have to dare say that uh, Jericho-Cody match had probably one of the best finishes I have seen any company or rather AEW do uh, since its inception. I thought it was a genius finish, but we'll get to that in a minute. Moxley Omega was fun. I'm not going to say that it wasn't enjoyable in some parts, but then it just gets like, okay, come on. Like, I, I got the feeling, and, and maybe you guys can tell me otherwise, but I got the feeling from this match that it's one of those things where it's like, okay, Kenny Omega and Kenny Omega and John Moxley 
just want to get this off their bucket list. Like this is one of the things where it's like, let's just do this. Let's just get this out of our system. Let's just have some fun with this. Like I felt like Moxley needed to get this type of match like out of him. Like, man, it's like, and just like, it's like it's someone who hasn't had like a cigarette in a long time. I just want one cigarette, just one. I don't need a whole pack. I don't need a whole, you know, a whole carton. I just want one, just one, one. That's all I want. Is that so hard to ask? Just one match like this? That way it can appease John Moxley. It appeases Omega because Omega probably sees it as a new challenge to do a different type of match. And I'm sure Omega has been in similar matches like this, but maybe not to this extent. But just, it felt like it went, it, it just went too, too far. Not too far like, oh my God, they really should have stopped. But it was unnecessary. It really wasn't. Again, if these guys had a year-long rivalry where they had like five or six matches with different stipulations and things kept getting added on and there was personal rivalries involved and there was this and there was that and the other thing, it would have made so much more sense. I would have popped louder for everything. But there was no, there was no reason for me to get invested into it. You know? Now, granted... Did I pop for certain things? Hell yeah. But for me, for me, once they did the glass, I was checked out. Once it, like to, to me, if I was booking the match, when they got into this part of it with the broken glass, I'm like, okay, done. Cut, cut your losses. Cut your, you know, stuff right there. And yes, I did see Matt the Misfit just saying in the chat that, yeah, people want to see this type of back ma uh, this match back. I understand that some people do. And if you like this type of stuff, Mazel tov, more power to you. I have a, a very close friend of mine who I'm still friends with to this day who is a huge fan of Deathmatch Wrestling. They probably would love this type of match. I'm not saying I hated the match. I'm just saying is I didn't like the match because I think it went way too long. And because it went way too long, they had to up the ante by doing all these ridiculous things. They should have finished that match three times over. There were three specific instances I can recall where the match should have stopped should have stopped at the glass it should have stopped at the barbed wire uh table bed whatever you want to call it or it should have stopped when they crashed through the sign they actually they actually brought in broken glass used it effectively i might add and, and by the way i don't know if you guys noticed but most of it was crushing the powder anyway but either way it's still it's still broken glass fought to the outside omega asked the young bucks and page to bring over a barbed wire bed frame they suplexed each other off of it. I thought that was the end of it. Figured, okay, you're going to throw this match out. They're both winners. Kind of works out. Oh, my God. Oh, man. It's oh, lost the donation. Damn it. Damn it. Let me pull that back up. Let me see if I can pull it again. But that was Mr. Gorilla Strong. Not sure what happened in the donation there, Mr. Gorilla Strong. But let me say, make sure I can go back and play that again. My apologies, good sir. But Gorilla Strong with a bombshell of a $20 donation. Mr. Gorilla Strong, thank you for that, my friend. Let me make sure I give him the proper credit. But uh, I don't know what happened to the donation. Damn it, man. Find that donation for Mr. Gorilla Strong. But it just got real. It, it just, it, you, you stop. <laughs> like, I'm fine with blood and violence every once in a while if it means something but if you're just doing it for the haphazardly this to the level i mean <sighs> the hardcore matches back in the day right those were fun because they didn't go as crazy as this one did you know but this one just went way too far and let me just make sure i, I get the uh the alert here for mr 
Gorilla Strong. He said, haven't watched the pay-per-view yet. Uh, just stopping by to show some love to my man, Connor. Love you, homie. Shout out to the chat. Gorilla loves you. Thank you, Gorilla Strong. Appreciate the $20 donation. Much appreciated, good sir. Hitting up that thing here. We've also got Riley Brock and, of course, uh, Osaway. I hope I'm saying that. AEW is different than WWE. That's the point. Wins and losses matter. That is what triggered John Moxley and had made him missed, uh, made him pissed. Right, but he, here's the thing. True, you're right. I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. And shout out to Gorilla Strong also in the chat. Thank you for thank you again, Gorilla. I get that wins and losses are supposed to matter. I understand that. That and actually that is something I really like. That's different about AEW. The part that I don't understand is that Moxley has not done anything to showcase that he is that he gives a shit about the wins and losses. His character doesn't really reflect that. He himself, his personality does not reflect that. He seems the type of person where I'm going to go and F anybody up and just completely obliterate anything I see. He wanted to go after Omega because Omega was the best in the world or the best wrestler and wanted to prove otherwise. That makes sense. If at the very least he put a little footnote at the bottom, or again, maybe there was a part of the whole thing that I missed with Omega, uh, with uh, with John Moxley promos or a part of it I missed. If he said something even as a footnote saying, once I'm done with Moxley, I'm coming after the AEW world title. Perfect. That's all I needed. That's all I needed to make any sort of sense. That's all. But I just felt like they went way too far with this, way too long with this. It wasn't needed. I did pop for some of the spots. I'm not going to lie. And sitting here, I wasn't like, holy shit. They, they really went all that way. They went that way. But yeah, they, they used broken glass. They used barbed wire. They even broke the ring off. They actually peeled back the ring just like we saw from like the NXT ballots last year between Omega, uh, between Champ and Gargano. Um, it just, there was a lot of it that just, I think, went, went like it could have, it, it just, I surprised it kept going. It kept going and going and going. Now, if you mean to tell me that this is the beginning of their rivalry, I, I will be shocked and surprised. I'll be sh beyond shocked and surprised to see uh, to, to see here. Like, I, I don't know. It, it, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too harsh on the match. I just, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, just, it just seemed like it went a little too... He was angry at the timeout draw with Pac. He was. He was very angry about that. Um, maybe I'm just looking into it too much. And, and again, it's not like I didn't pop for certain things. There were th certain parts of the match I liked. There were certain parts that, that I kind of popped for. But maybe it's also because I know these guys can put a better match on. But Jesus, what a match they put on. I definitely recommend watching it. Even though I think it went a little too long, went a little too far. <laughs> Go check it out. It's probably one of, if not the best match of the entire evening between Omega and Moxley. I support it, even though it may not be my favorite match. And um, sorry you couldn't stick around Vintage Dream. I appreciate you coming in. And uh, what's up, Nature Girl? What's going on, Regina? Good to see you as well. But uh, let's talk about the other one. Let's talk about the other big matchup that was on this card. Of course, it's Cody versus Chris Jericho. It is Jericho's last or sorry excuse me cody's first and last attempt at the AEW world championship because if he loses he doesn't challenge for the title anymore and mjf was in his corner and jake hager man of a thousand words is in jericho's corner this matchup went a lot longer than i expected it to i i would have bet up and down left and right east and west that was going to go to the time limit draw they did announce the uh the guest judges over in the corner which were of course were dean malenko arn anderson and the great muta I did love the interaction that Jericho had earlier on the match with Dean Malenko because obviously there is a ton of history between Jericho and Dean Malenko. Love that little nod there. The The thing was, a, a lot of... 
I think a lot of the uh, a lot of people thought it was going to go to the time limit draw. I thought it was going to go to the time limit draw because why else would they have the judges? Why else would they hype this whole thing up? Why would they, you know, a lot of people are like, well, the judges are kind of stupid because really there was no need for them. And, and yeah, there really wasn't any need for them. But I still enjoyed it. I still enjoy, I still enjoyed the matchup. And, and I think that was maybe the swerve to, 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 to mislead, misinform people to think that, you know, to end up getting what we end up get to to end up getting what we got with MJF at the end, and I'm telling you, I thought for sure that MJF thing they were gonna milk that thing for like a year. I thought they were going to milk that thing for a full year until like the next All Out, and then that was gonna be the moment, and that was gonna be the milestone, and that was gonna be the big thing. Because and don't get me wrong, to me MJF is one of the greatest things about AEW they have. Really, he's probably one of the best heels, if not the best heel in the entire company. But the thing that blew me away was the fact they did it so soon. I was like, wow, I'm just, I'm not mad. I'm just surprised. I thought that the finish to the match was genius. I thought the finish was, we got Magpul Mike subscribing to the channel. Thank you, Magpul Mike. I hope I'm saying that name right. Appreciate the subscription. Um, if... I thought that they were going to milk the whole thing, and I thought that this would be a great tipping point to kind of start thinking like, well, maybe MJF is actually going to turn on Cody. Like just adding more fuel to the fire, and then you have this whole eternal struggle of Cody, and you know, can he trust MJF? Was MJF really doing this because he interviewed before saying, well, I don't want to challenge Cody for the belt? I thought they would milk it a whole lot more. And the fact that MJF threw in the towel concerned for Cody... And then, like, showing those tears, how emotional he was, saying, like, I'm sorry, and, and Cody forgiving him. I was in. I was hook, line, and sinker. I was in, man. You know, I was loving every second of it. I'm thinking, okay, great. They're going to tease it here. This is another tease. And it's going to just – we're going to have more moments like that. It's going to build and build. Maybe they'll win the tag team titles at some point. Like, it's just, it's just going to ferment. But nope. They decided to pull the trigger right here, right now. As soon as Cody forgave MJF, didn't take long for a low blow, and lo and behold – well, lo and behold, MJF has turned on Cody. Now, let's go back to the match itself real quick. I think that Jericho and Cody put on a very fun match. It was definitely a slower-paced one than I expected. Not one that I... And not that... Um, not that it was bad. It just... I, I was expecting the pace to be a little faster. That gash that Cody got on his top... Uh, right above his eyebrow was... Nasty. At one point, you could see skin literally hanging from it. It was very brutal. Blood just pouring out. The bucket of the crimson mask, if you will, baby. Uh, this one had the best build. I mean, I, I'm going to sit here and just say right now, like, you know, I know Omega and Moxley, I was, I was complaining about, like, lack of build. But, man, I'll tell you, this one had the best build of the entire show, no questions asked. And it was... A lot of back and forth, a lot of fault, lot of false finishes. I was surprised at how many false finishes there were. I love the, you know, Hager getting involved, Hager getting ejected, MJF getting involved, and then again, just that finish with MJF in the towel. And there's a perfect screenshot where like Cody's doing the walls of Jericho, and he's like stomping uh, Cody's face and or head against the mat, and and MJF has this like concerned look on his face like whether or not he should throw in the towel. I have not seen anyone throw in the towel in a long time. In a long time. 
So to have him do that, and then, you know, again, it just, like, once at, once I heard the bell ring and I understood what happened, I was like, oh, okay, everything's going to click now. Okay, MJF's going to come and he's going to apologize. Like, I mean, he's going to say, I'm, I did it for you. I thought Cody was going to honestly just walk off and and just start the whole thing, you know, and, and again, start the teasing of it all. Not necessarily the, uh, not necessarily the actual, you know, thing, but fantastic, fantastic. Uh, love the execution. If you go back and watch, there's actually a fan who I don't believe was a plant. A lot of people are asking if he was or not. I don't think he was. Threw a beer at MJF, and it just added to the heel heat that he gets. I mean, this this guy is going to just be – he's going to be money. He's he's already – he's going to be huge money. He's going to be – it's not a matter of if. It's going to be a matter of when he wins the world title. It's just a matter of time. Um, I think that – yeah, just, I'm just more surprised that he he they did it so soon. That was really my big thing. Not again, not that I'm complaining. I pop. I'm like, finally, they're gonna turn him heel. And they're gonna finally make him go full out. And you know, there's a lot of things they could have him do. And he's gonna be the next to the inner circle. He's gonna be the next. He's gonna be the big heel. And I can't wait for to see him when he does. And maybe they'll uh, be able to give him a mid card title. Maybe they'll run with the world title. Who knows? We will see. But man, it's good stuff. It is good stuff across the board for Mr. Maxwell Jacob Freeman. Let's go to the rest of the matches real quick, and then we'll probably take some phone calls. Uh, Bria Prisley versus Dr. Britt Baker. DMD was a hell of a women's match. I actually was able to just catch uh, the the women's matchup in the pre-show, the buy-in, if you will. And uh, it was a hell of a women's match. And honest and truth be told, uh, was my favorite women's match out of them all. Uh, I hate to say that about the women's world title match, which I'm I'm pissed off about that one. Not because of the match itself, but again, there's so much history there. It's the weirdest thing how like there I didn't realize this, and maybe you guys did, and maybe again, maybe I just missed this whole thing. But Sakura versus Rio had like a 13 year history between the two of them. Master versus student. Like, where was that build? I I didn't hear shit about this. Nothing. Did I, I saw a couple people also saying this on social media that there was no mention on any AEW Dark episodes, none of the pre-show commentary, nothing. Like the match, I felt bad because as decent as that women's world title match was, as my camera goes out of focus here, come up, there we go. As decent as that world women's championship match was, the Britt Baker and Bea Prisley one was so much better in my opinion. Uh, Britt with the win. And then we get uh, Brandy Rhodes showing up with Awesome Kong in tow. Uh, she lays out Bria Prisley. Awesome takes off one of her gloves and she's holding a, a knife. And then get an implant buster. And of course, then she takes a lock of Prisley's hair to, for Kong to sniff and possibly consume. Go wrestling. All right. Uh, tag team match to open up was proud and powerful against the Young Bucks. Fantastic tag team match. Surprised they opened this one with this one. Um, open up this pay-per-view with this match. Pronouns, pal. I thought they were going to kind of segue into maybe the world women's match or something else, but I don't know. I, I was just kind of genuinely surprised that they, they, they start off with this one. But at the same time, what I got was this was kind of the cruiserweight match. So if you guys remember the WCW pay-per-views in the 90s, one of the things they did was they definitely, they, they always usually, not always, but usually started off the pay-per-views with the cruiserweight championship, uh, cruiserweight championship or cruiserweight matches to get the crowd pumped. That's probably my guess as far as why they did that. It was a hell of a tag team match. Truth be told, it was probably my favorite one of the evening as far as tag team action. Don't get me wrong, the you know AEW tag team title was nuts, but I kind of liked kind of like this one a little bit more, a little more storytelling, a little more psychology, a uh, little more. 
excuse me, I had a cough there, a little more um, just slower, like not slower pacing, but just more, the psychology was definitely there. They were isolating. They were, they were swaying back and forth. The Bucks were injured. They were playing up those uh, injuries. There was just a lot more, in my opinion, there was a lot more <laughs> bang for your buck. Uh, not too surprised that Proud and Powerful Santana Ortiz won, but at the same time, it's like, man, the Young Bucks ever going to get a victory here? Are they ever going to get a win? I just don't know. I just don't know. But at the, at the end, we did get a fun hell of a little moment. We did have the post-match with Santana Ortiz beating the Bucks down, and then, of course, Sam Guevara comes in to join him, and he hugs around from the inner circle, and, of course, we see uh, they've got, like, a sock full of baseballs, apparently, but then the Rock and Roll Express, who was sitting out at ringside, making the save. Robert Gibson nails Santana with the right hands, and, then, of course, <laughs> Ricky Morton does a goddamn Canadian destroyer from the, from the apron into the ring. And then does a Tope Suicina on the outside to all the members of the inner circle. Man, I, I'm starting to be a huge mark for the Rock and Roll Express. I don't care how, I don't care what you say, man. The, 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 for them to be able to do that shit at their age is absolutely amazing. And I loved every second of it. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you block me or if you unsubscribe or whatever. But man, that was a fun. You can't tell me you didn't smile during that. To be able to see them do that shit was absolutely fun as hell. I absolutely loved it. Baby faces stand tall. So even though the Bucks didn't get the win, the baby faces still get the cock of the walk, which is all fine for right now. But um, in any case, we move on to Hangman Page versus Pac. This was another solid singles action. I really, really like this one. Uh, these two guys really just beat the crap out of each other. Page using a lot of more of the brute force whereas Pac is extremely resilient and extremely durable like that guy you can beat the ever-living piss out of him and he just keeps on going uh love the counters there was a lot of very uh innovative different type of counters with this matchup uh I thought Pac was going to win this one for sure but towards the end we see uh Paige was up top he was trying to get on top he collapses into the ropes uh forcing a break uh yeah, Pac goes up top, Black Arrow. He misses. Page lines him up. Buckshot countered. Waistlock jockey for position. Heyman blocks a low blow uh, after some interference with the referee. Rolling arrow, discus lariat, and Adam Hangman Page comes in with the dead eye to get the win. Again, kind of like the Buck situation, Page has not been doing so well in the win-loss record either, so he needs to get some victories too. And he's another one that I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get Cody versus MJF right away. I'd be... I would be more in line to see Paige versus MJF. Like, not not that I don't want to see Cody versus MJF. It's going to happen. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It's going to happen. What I'm saying is, to build up that intensity and to build up the rivalry, you know, further up, I think that Hangman Page should be the one to step up and, and face MJF at first and then get to, you know, get that next part up there. Um... Let's see what we got here. Kind of rapid fire some of these here. Uh, we got Joey Janela versus Sean Spears in singles action. Uh, this one was okay. It wasn't the greatest singles match I got to see of the night. I still hold that up to the lights out match. I will say that right now. You know, despite my earlier comments, I will say that that was definitely, definitely one of my favorite, uh, definitely one of my favorite ones of the night, even though my, despite my earlier comments. But Joey Janela versus Sean Spears was definitely a fun one to say the least. Sean Spears gets a win for, uh, with a pinfall after a running Death Valley driver. Uh, Blanchard was actually involved in this one. Of course, he's the uh, right-hand man for the manager of Sean Spears. 
Blanchard spikes Janelle into a pile driver from Spears. Fireman's carry. We get the Death Valley driver. We get the victory here. Again, Sean needs those victories, man. Sean Spears definitely needed those wins. So, again, we need to build some more people up. If this win-loss record thing is going to ma matter, we need to start making it matter. Uh, let's see what we got here. We have... The six-person the six tag team or the triple threat tag team between Lucha Brothers, Private Party, and SCU for the AEW World Tag Team titles. Okay. Now, when I hear this match on paper, sounds fantastic. Love the idea. Love the concept. Love everything about it. But why? Why are we having this? SCU beat both of these teams. Both of these teams to win the tag team titles. So why is their first title defense, their first one against both teams. Now, I could be wrong, and again, you guys can correct me, I didn't see or hear any sort of number one contenders match, no victory that either one of these teams got to get, the, to, 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 get to this point. I didn't hear anything about that. Maybe that's just me. So I'm confused as to why they both got the match. Again, on paper and in the ring, it was a fun, chaotic brawl. I loved everything about this match. SCU retaining, Daniels even coming back, Christopher Daniels making his return, but just the initial concept of having to defend it against two other teams. I would have preferred SCU, or I would have preferred Private Party and the Lucha Brothers facing off to see who becomes the number one contender, or you do yourself a favor and do an eight-man tag. So you do Private Party and Lucha Brothers against SCU and maybe... Who's another babyface tag team? Can't be the Bucks. Uh, best Friends? Just saying. You know, you don't have to put the belts on the line. I get why they need to do it. But, you know, at the end, SCU retains and we actually get the lights coming back out for like the fourth time tonight. They come back on, and there's a second Pentagon Junior in the ring. They do the Sierra Miedo, or uh, Chero Miedo, I, I can't speak Spanish. But when the new Penta drops him with an STO, Phoenix makes the save and gets the Angel's Wings. And of course, it's Christopher Daniels in disguise. Loved it. Love to see Daniels back. Can't wait to see what he pulls off. I hope to see him in singles competition. I think Scorpio, Sines, uh, Scorpio Sky and Kazarian can handle things in the tag team scene. I want to see me some Fallen Angel. Please tell me this is the return of the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels. Please, 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 please. And as I mentioned, the women's championship match really wasn't anything special to me. I really didn't enjoy it that much. Um, and it sucked because I should have. There should have been a lot more build in this. There should have been a lot more attention to this. It's not that the match was... It wasn't that it wasn't bad. The crowd was just dead and just... We just came off that crazy tag team match and everybody was kind of waiting in anticipation for, you know, Cody and, and Chris and then you know, the lights out match. And again, if they actually put some more effort into building this whole thing up, it would have been worth it. But in any case, I generally thought full gear was okay. It wasn't, it, by no stretch of the imagination, was it the best, um, it was definitely not the best uh, AEW pay-per-view. No way, no way in hell. It was a decent one. I think that for me, the matches to watch are definitely the lights out, definitely the Jericho versus Cody, and I would argue to say the Britt Baker be a Prisley match, and I would even have you check out the Young Bucks and uh, Santana and Ortiz. Those are the matches I would have you guys check out. 
Maybe you guys feel differently. So I'm going to have you guys open up the phone lines real quick and give you guys a chance to call in. We will take three, count them, three callers this evening because I have to do wrap up because I am feeling sick as a dog. So if you guys want to time, chime in on what you guys thought about AEW Full Gear, the number's up there, 978-237-4818. If you guys want to give your thoughts here on the air with me, would love to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, again, thought it was an okay pay-per-view, uh, wasn't the best stuff, but, uh, but decent, decent pay-per-view. I'd say maybe if I, if I would rate, rank it, I'd do a 7 out of 10, maybe 6 to 7 out of 10. Don't get me wrong, the crazy hardcore match, the lights out match was fun, but I think it just went a little too far, but anyway. But uh, I will open up the phone lines for just a little bit, give you guys a chance to call in if you guys want to. Again, it's 978-237-4818. Maybe if nobody wants to call in, maybe we can call in a little early. I'll give you guys a few more minutes. Uh, but again, if you guys want to help support the stream, always encourage you guys to check out the Patreon page, patreon.com slash okfabe. We're coming at you. We're coming out with the Survivor Series 2001 Retro Pay-Per-View Review, the Return of Wrestling Retrospective, and so much more. Make sure you also check out our awesome t-shirt design. Every night is Wrestling Night. It's over available at the Represent Store. Again, link is in the description. And of course, make sure you guys vote for yours truly over at the Wrestling Podcast Awards. We're nominated for a bunch of different categories, solo, live, informative, comedy, any one of those votes would be greatly appreciated. We got nominated last year. Maybe we can get, or maybe I can actually get an actual award this year, which would be kind of insane in the membrane. Insane in the brain. Um, but it looks like no one's calling in tonight. Sad face, but that's okay. We'll wrap us up this up a little early, but thank you guys so much for tuning in and checking out my thoughts on this. I want to hear what you guys have to say about the whole thing. What you guys thought about Full Gear. Let me know your thoughts in the chat, in the comment section, on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. We will attempt, provided this cold has not killed me or destroyed me, we will be back tomorrow night for the Random Wrestling Podcast, episode 105, I believe. We're going to talk all the fallout from Full Gear, all the craziness going into Survivor Series, and some other interesting tidbits that you might know in the world of pro wrestling news, rumors, gossip, and headlines. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I appreciate the continued love and support. Take care, and as always... Take it easy. We'll see you guys tomorrow for the Random Wrestling Podcast. Vintage Dream, thank you for dropping in that $2 Canadian Super Chat donation before we head out. Thank you so much for that. I know it's a lot of wrestling, but we'll definitely talk more about it even more tomorrow on the Random Wrestling Podcast. Thanks again. Take care. And as always, bam! Take it easy. Thanks for listening. Make sure to watch the OK Fabe Show. Follow him on Twitter at OK Fabe and like over on Facebook.com slash OK Faber. This is the OK Fabe Show.